Everybody standing now here in Pittsburgh. It's the fourth inning. The Giants have the bases loaded, nobody out. Brandon Crawford, the hitter. One and two. Volquez set. He pitches. And Crawford hits a high fly ball right field. Snyder going back. He's looking up. It's gone. Brandon Crawford has launched a grand slam over that 21-foot-high wall, and the Giants have taken a 4-0 lead and totally silenced this crowd in Pittsburgh. Welcome to the Good Tidings Podcast, where we highlight and inspire a community of givers with your host, the founder of the Good Tidings Foundation, Larry Harper. This month's podcast finds us sitting in a very special place. We're actually sitting in the dugout at Oracle Park right before a Giants-Dodger game for a special chat with our newest partner, Giants shortstop, Brandon Crawford. So, Brandon, welcome to the Good Tidings Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Before we get into the essence of the podcast, I, I do want to ask a couple baseball questions. I think you and I share a fondness of Candlestick Park. I was the scouting director back in the late 80s, early 90s for the club, and my office was in the when the stadium. And I know you and your family had season tickets. And when you look back to that time, sitting there, watching games, did that help you dream? And do you think that actually helped you towards your career? Definitely. I mean, I think that's what grew my love of baseball was playing in the backyard with my dad and stuff like that but then going to games and watching major leaguers do this as a as a job professionally I mean I think that's that kind of grew my passion for baseball and then that's when I knew that I, I wanted to do that professionally when I grew up I think I, I did like a little assignment or something in kindergarten I think my parents still have it too yeah. to where it was you know you're supposed to like write and draw a picture of what you wanted to do when you grow up and mine was a baseball player yeah I mean, I think that was, I was like five or six years old. So that, I was definitely going to Candlestick a lot back then. Yeah, that's cool. And do you find yourself dreaming today? Even you're at this point in your career, do you dream about tonight's game? Do you dream about the future playoffs? Do you find yourself just doing the same thing? I think after doing this for a while in the big leagues, I, I've done a pretty good job of, of kind of staying in the present and not thinking too far off into the into the future or in the same regard thinking about games in the past. Yeah. I think it's such a roller coaster and such an up and down long season that it's best to to kind of just live in the moment and and worry about the the one game that you have tonight I and mean, not think too far in the future or worry too much about what's happened in the past. Yeah, it makes sense. And I know you grew up in the East Bay for people listening all over the country. Not too many miles here from the ballpark and you played in high school baseball basketball and football was baseball always your favorite all the way through yeah i mean from a little kid all the all the way up it was it was always baseball was number one in high school i did really love football though (laughs) i mean my senior year i I knew i was going to go play baseball in college and it may not have been necessarily the smartest decision to to continue playing football but i loved it that much that i you know i wanted to keep going and, and keep playing yeah, the last question on baseball from a scouting standpoint. I'm just amazed at your arm strength that you still have in your mid-30s. That one past Lopez. Crawford gets to it, spins, and throws him out. Wow. You think playing quarterback had something to do with that and, and all the throwing you did as a young player? 
yeah, I'm sure it, it's had something to do with it. You know, just being able to throw on the move and, and stuff also, I think. I don't know if it was playing shortstop first that helped me as a quarterback or if it was a quarterback that helped me maybe get a little bit better as I got older. But but I think playing different sports can, can help in, in so many different ways just to, to keep your athleticism and footwork or, or whatever it may be. You know, playing basketball or football can end up helping in baseball also. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, a few weeks ago, you made a generous contribution so the Giants Community Fund and the Good Tidings Foundation could refurbish Gilman Field, which for years stood in the shadow of Candlestick Park and San Francisco's Bayview. What was your motivation for that? I mean, I think it was it was something that was kind of presented to me, I think, when I initially signed my extension and was it before the 2016 season, where I could I was going to give part of my, my salary every paycheck to the Giants Community Fund. And I think between maybe me and my agent and the Giants, we all kind of talked about it, and we all we all thought it would be cool to redo or build or whatever a field later on, you know, down the road in the Bay Area in a place that that needed it. And I think we ended up picking the the Bayview location because of my history of going to Candlestick Park, like you mentioned, and then you know it, it was a need of 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 a little refurbishing. <laughs> um, so yeah. so I think that's kind of how it was decided, and you know I was happy to be able to do it. Yeah, and I thought it was great you brought your wife and kids there. They were old enough to share in that moment. My wife Jalen and I are so happy that we're able to help give back to the community in this way with this field in hopes that it'll bring young people together here and give them an opportunity to learn life lessons that will help them chase their dreams also and achieve them like I do. So that day had to be pretty special that you could have all of them with you too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, it's a, it's a family thing, you know, it's a, definitely a family decision. My wife always loves, you know, to give back any way she can also. So we do that thing together and then having the kids there, they heard it was at a park, so they were excited about going to it. Um, so it was definitely a special day. Yeah, and I, and I love the way your giving is really diverse. This year, when fellow Pleasanton native and A's outfielder Stephen Picotti's mom was stricken with ALS, you stepped up with your family's golf tournament and raised a lot of money for ALS. Tell us how that came to be. My parents have known the Piscottis for, for years, just growing up and playing sports in, in Pleasanton. He has younger siblings, as do I. So I think I think it was our sisters that ended up playing softball together or something like that. I think it was the initial connection. They've known him for years. So when Gretchen Piscotti was diagnosed with, with ALS and then, you know, not long afterwards passed away from it, it was, I think it was a pretty easy decision for us to try to do something to, to help cure this disease. And give back in a way f for her. And so when we started doing the golf tournament, it was, like I said, it was a pretty easy decision to, to donate the money towards the ALS Cure Foundation. Yeah, that's great. And I know you've done some work with Children's Health and teaming up with a couple teammates, both Andrew McCutcheon and Buster, on their causes. And did that passion, I guess that must have been easy when those kind of guys come to you and say, hey, you want to help out? Yeah, definitely. I mean, and and we like being able to, my wife and I, we like to be able to, to give back to a bunch of different charities, and like like you said. So Buster's with the pediatric cancer research, obviously, you know, with four kids at home, that, that, that hits home as, you know, as much as anything. So, I mean, whether it's that or I think we've given back to military veterans and trying to help them afterwards. And then We've also donated to Casa Colina, which is a center for traumatic brain injuries, trying to rehab them. And my father-in-law was actually went there for a while after an accident that he had. So 
just a lot of things that are that kind of hit home with us, and we, and we try to donate in a bunch yeah, of different yeah, ways. Yeah, I read about that the the, the craw claw down at Casa Colina, yeah. down in Southern California. Yeah, and that's what I love. I love that you know opportunities come to you, and you kind of take them on. And I know for years we've all heard the commercial, and you're a son of a teacher, but you've long been associated with Step Up to the Plate for Education. Obviously, you must feel the importance of early childhood learning for kids in the Bay Area. Yeah, definitely. Wells Fargo came to me, I think it was my second or third year in the big leagues with the opportunity to, to do that. And yeah, and yet, like you said, with my mom being a teacher and you know having, having kids myself, obviously understand the importance of education and schools being able to, to fund different programs or, or have different materials or supplies for their students. It's obviously very important. So it was nice to be able to do that and kind of be the spokesperson for that. Yeah, very good. The Major League Baseball Players Alumni Association, they give out an award to a player on every team every year, the Heart and Hustle Award. And I was reading, you've won it five times, which about basically every other year, Brandon <laughs> Crawford wins the thing. I mean, that's that's quite an honor. That's got to be pretty humbling. Yeah, definitely. Especially for it to come from former players and, and a bunch of guys that obviously know the game and what it takes you know, to play the game every day and, and how long of a grind of a season it is and for it to come from those guys. And, and then you just see the other guys around the league that are, that are winning this award and you, know, you appreciate and respect all the, the way that all those guys play the game. You know, I, I have the fortunate over 27 years of doing the charity and previous to that being in baseball to interview a lot of great athletes who give and and the common thread and most recently I've, I've talked with CeCe Sabathia and Carrie Walsh Jennings and even Aisha Curry about her husband there seems to be a common thread of very kind athletes are givers and some people construe well you have to be uberly competitive and and, and always engaged but I've seen you out before games and the other day you were talking with Christian Yelich in the outfield, and today you might talk to the Dodger player before or after a game. So you can definitely separate life and the greatness of the game. And then when it comes time between the lines, you can be competitive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, baseball is obviously a, a huge part of my life, but it's not my entire life. And I think, I, I've, I think I've had a pretty good grasp of that, you know, just understanding the, you know, my priorities and in life and you know, I can I can have friends in, in the other dugout, but once it comes time to play against them, I'm as competitive as anybody, I think. And I mean, just in my family alone, my, my brother-in-law is Garrett Cole. So I, I've faced him about <laughs> 20 times now. And, you know, we, we love each other off the field. But, you know, when I'm facing him, I'm trying to hit the ball as hard as I can off of him. For sure. At our dedication at the Gilman Field that we earlier mentioned, Dave Fleming, who's on our board, said you are the greatest shortstop in Giants history. And that's going back to the 1800s and you're still playing but do you ever let that sink in at all that my place in history is coming to fruition with this club uh yeah i mean i remember when he said that i was <laughs> pretty cool and you know it's hard to even put into words how you know how that how it makes you feel because you know growing up watching the giants and and how many great short steps we've had and then just looking knowing the history of the giants also and how many great short steps we've had it's just something you, you don't really ever think about, you know, until somebody says it, I guess. I think kind of like I, like I said, I, I try to kind of live in the moment and not think too much about either what I've accomplished in my career or, you know, or looking forward too far. I think there are definitely times for it. I think, um, you know, after the season, I'll maybe reflect on, on that season or something like that a little bit. But, you know, I try not to dig too deep into it, I don't think. Would I be correct in saying you'd rather win a gold glove than a silver slugger award? 
<laughs> with all the with all the really good hitting shortstops there are in the National League right now, it would be pretty cool to get a Silver Slugger. But but I think you know just coming up through the minor leagues and, and making it to the big leagues, it was always because of my defense. And I think obviously my hitting came along the longer I've been up here. But I've always taken a lot of pride in my defense, and you know the Gold Glove Award is is one of the cooler awards you can win. I think. Yeah, for sure. Well, I just want to wish you luck tonight against the Dodgers. You know, when you play a team like the Dodgers, are there a little extra butterflies because of the rivalry, or is it still one of 162 for you? It's always a lot of fun because, we, you know, especially this year, we've matched up so well, and, you know, the crowd's obviously into it. They were loud the entire game last night, it seemed like, so that always makes it a little bit more fun. But, I mean, I, I think we kind of have to just treat it as, as one of, of 162 because we still have – 30-ish games, maybe a little bit less than 30 games to play. So we have to obviously focus and, and try to win and play our best tonight, but we still have we still have a, a decent amount of games ahead of us, so we need to be you know equally focused in all those two. Yeah. And going to UCLA, was there ever a chance any of your classmates or teammates were trying to swing you over to the Dodger blue side, or there was never a chance of that? Uh, I don't think there was ever a chance of it happening, but, <laughs> but it... Uh, there were definitely some some Dodger fans on the team, you know, guys that grew up Dodger fans. So, but I think it, I think once you get to college, you're just you're such a fan of the sport that it, you know it, the favorite team or whatever yeah. doesn't you know yeah isn't as strong maybe uh, as it used to. Yeah, and Dodger Stadium is not a bad place to play some games. You know, yeah. I mean, I grew up in Southern California. I had the beauty of listening to Vince Scully every night. Lived half my life here, half there, and you can respect both teams. Really, it's yeah. just, it's really been remarkable. Definitely. Well, I want to thank you for what you did in providing this amazing field and a neighborhood that desperately needed it. And congratulations, you're now going to be a giant for a couple more years and signing that contract. So I hope the Good Tidings Foundation and Brandon Crawford can partner again on some other projects going forward. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Brandon. have just enjoyed an episode of the Good Tidings podcast, highlighting the goodness in people. To learn more about and to support the Good Tidings Foundation, log on to goodtidings.org. This monthly program is brought to you by the generosity of responseresponsibility.org. Don't miss out on the Good Tidings podcast by reviewing and subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.